Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Right now. Darren. You know, Andre DuPont, the old Philadelphia Flyer tough guy, was nicknamed Moose. And you being a tough guy. Right. But in hockey, when I was younger, another player came across the middle and made the most devastating check I've ever made in my life. Take off the helmet, and it's a girl. And so the coach slapped at a boy, Moose, just like the Moose. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is, right? The one sports show where roughing is encouraged. How about that? How about that? Good morning. Welcome. And congratulations, Winnipeg Jets. They're awake in Winnipeg this morning after a big win. Of course they are. I thought they'd be sleeping. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the extra rest. Uh, welcome into Thursday. Just two days left here on the uh, RP Show with Rod's week off. Darren Dupont in and guest today, Drew Kosher from the Off the Hosel podcast. Morning, Drew. Morning, Darren. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome in. Uh, and not just the Off the Hazel podcast, I will say the newest head coach of the uh, Junior B's uh, Pilot Butte Storm. So uh, brought you in because it's NHL playoffs, and we'll get to talk about that this morning. And we want to say good morning to everybody watching today. Don McNeil, good day from an overcast. It's at Alliston, Ontario. Yeah, rainy here in the uh, rectangle, too, this morning, which I love. And I know um, that's big because we needed the rain around here. It's been one of the driest springs in a long time. Now the golf course need it. So the rain is welcomed. Jeff Kabilis, morning RP showers in uh, Winnipeg. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Ryan McCarthy, who's watching in Saratoga, New York. And his uh, customary good morning to uh, North America, Mexico, Norway, Qatar, and now Sweden from sunny and beautiful Saratoga. No rain in New York this morning. Uh, Jay Cassian says, good morning from Winnipeg. Go Jets. Woo! They're pumped. They're pumped. Enough that i got to move the uh, oiler <laughs> drink cup off the front here. It's a tough one. Um, how about that last night? Uh, the Oilers falling to the Winnipeg Jets. A game that the Oilers played pretty well for 40 minutes. Um, just couldn't get it done in the third period. But we're going to get to that. Um, people are uh, really awake this morning. Jamie Anstey's watching. Way out on the east, and he says, it's the Moose Show. It is. Shane Melanson's watching. Morning, Darren and crew. Good morning, Shane. And uh, I know you're loving the rain, Shane, out at Deer Valley. So, uh, uh, Jordan, let's roll. Quick six show topics this morning. There it is. And there's not much on here because it's going to be a lot of hockey again. Uh, Guest today, um, Paul Hendrick. Formerly Leafs TV, he'll be by uh, a little bit later on in this hour to start teeing up tonight's game. The Leafs and Habs kick off their opening round series in the Scotia, uh, Scotia North Division. Sean Reynolds will be by uh, at the top of hour two to give us a, a recap of the Oilers and Jets game and what went wrong for Edmonton and what went right for Winnipeg. Um, and then I'm really excited coming up a little later on, Dan Moriarty from NHL Cool Shots. Not anymore, but when I was a kid, NHL Cool Shots. That was my uh, Saturday morning. That and NHL that? Be a Player. So <laughs> you're such a child, Drew. You know, it's you're not that much younger than I am, but... NHL Cool Shots, every uh, Saturday morning, along with NHL Be a Player, the two 30-minute magazine shows on the NHL, and Dan Moriarty hosted one. Really cool. Um, man, everybody's awake. John Ohm, uh, Helly was brilliant. He is. So let's go. Jets, Oilers, leftovers. Um, 
one. Let's start at the end. Final five minutes. The Jets in a one goal. It's a one goal hockey game. You got to get the puck out. I mean, cute passes from player to player in the circle in your own zone. In my head, I was just hearing Rod, who was you know, re you know, basically saying what what Ray Bork told him or said at a dinner, and always used to say that the reason Ray Bork was so successful and a Hall of Fame defenseman off the glass and out, 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 5,000 times, right? Not fancy, not going to make the highlight reel, consistency. The Jets almost let the Oilers back in this in the final five minutes because they're trying to make a cute play. And then finally, I don't know if it was Wheeler or if it was one of the defensemen, just hammered it around the boards like, enough, take the icing reset. But uh, it was a good game for Winnipeg uh, to pull out that win. What were your thoughts last night? Yeah, I mean, I looked at the the Winnipeg Jets. I think that whether they're missing Ehlers, they're like their top player right now going into the season. And then you have what uh, Dubois out for a little bit here. But Winnipeg, their game plan was clearly hit hard, be heavy, um, just hit their best players and, and make an impact early. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday with Dustin Nielsen and Edmonton. What are the paths to victory for the Winnipeg Jets? And number one, Connor Hellebuck has to play well. He stopped 31 to 32 shots. He was good. He was Vesna Trophy good in that game. For a reason. Didn't, didn't have to be, you know, 40, 50 saves like we've seen Jordan Biddington or Marc-Andre Fleury do in the playoffs, but he was really good. And, and his birthday. And on his birthday, too. Thanks for pointing that out because uh, that's quite a birthday present um, for, for him. And to play that well, they needed that. And I... For those that are talking about, well, the Oilers dominated, they played really, and the Oilers did, they played really well. But that's how Winnipeg's going to win. They're going to win by playing tight defensively, and then when they have an opportunity, make Mike Smith work, put pressure on McDavid and Drysaddle, which they did. McDavid and Drysaddle were a combined zero. Like, okay, this is a, <laughs> it's a rod, right? Yeah. Can you hear it? Zero, zero, zero. Yeah. Right? And minus four. A combined minus four. And that was Rod's tweet. McDavid, Dreisaitl, combined zero, 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 minus four. Upset coming? Question mark. Can you see it? Yeah, I, I said it early in the year. I, I liked Winnipeg. Like I said, I think they're heavy. They're strong. They play with good pace. But, um, I mean, I would coach the same way. I mean, if they're best players on that, on that side of the ice, we're, we have to play them hard. Dylan Egger is watching on uh, Facebook. You bet your ass we won last night. <laughs> I love it. Jennifer Illingsworth, you're not surprisingly good mood, said good morning, crew. And then come up, comes back to say uh, Oilers really stunk it up last night. John Kirby <laughs> thinks it's luck, says uh, it was luck, and uh, it will be the only win of round one for the Jets. They're going back and forth. They're feisty. Dylan goes on to that? say people 100% <laughs> estimate the Jets. It's not luck. Woo! I feel like it's going to be a good morning. Coffee's on, Caliber Coffee, as we uh, continue to roll here on uh, the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. So, Connor Hellebuck's rolling in his last five games, including that one last night, now a 9-5-9 save percentage. He's back. So, away we go. Um, more on that game. Discipline. Jets were really disciplined. So were the Oilers. I mean, just one minor penalty in the entire game. Yeah. One Oiler power play. You, you can't have McDavid and Dreisaitl get extra time on the power play. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he had 100 points in, what, 53 games, 52 games. So, I mean, that's the old saying, too. Like, you got to stay out of the box in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I mean if you, you take penalties, that team's probably going to score. 
No, absolutely. So that's good. Moving on, point three, NHL playoffs recap. The big one for me, and we pointed out, actually Clark wanted to make sure he pointed this out, and he was right. The Predators lose again. UC Soros made a couple of really big saves in that game to give him a chance. But Nashville went 0 for 7 on the power play. You can't do that. That ain't good. That is not good. <laughs> Sorry, Max. Sorry, Max. You got to get the power play rolling, and Nashville will have a chance. You know what? St. Louis has a chance. They played well last night. They were close in that game. But, man, Nathan McKinnon was Nathan McKinnon. Patrick. There's times I wonder if Nathan McKinnon's human. Uh, he's so good. Uh, his first three strides, you just watch him skate, and he buzzes around. He plays every shift with the same intensity. Uh, but that team, I said it to someone yesterday, they have a really good chance of winning the Stanley Cup. I had conversations you know, about what's going to happen when the North Division is done and we're into the Final Four, and I'm seeing it on, on social media that a lot of people think that Whoever comes out of Canada is just going to get steamrolled. Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota's playing well. Yeah. Carolina, like these teams are so good, but we just have no idea how we match up because we haven't played any of these teams all year. So that's going to be really, really interesting. But point four, Nazem Kadri. We <laughs> saw the hit. I don't know if we have the video of the hit, but the hit last night, late in that game, um, I mean, is Colorado going to win that hockey game? Nazem Kadri has been suspended before. We've seen it. I mean, I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. I know he's been suspended in the playoffs, and it's gone on to hurt them. He's a good player. And it's our Capital Automall Universal Collision Center daily poll question today. How many games for Nazem Kadri? And what are the answers? One, two, three or more, or a $5,000 fine? Now, I believe it was a match penalty, so he should at least get one yeah. uh, customarily. But that just seems to be the NHL's uh, mandate. Let's just give him a $5,000 fine. Let's max that out and let him keep playing. But Cosby, Codry's been suspended before. So what do you think? I think I was on the phone with you last night watching it, and I was sort of like, oh, my God, like that hit. Because it was mm-hmm. – when I watched it, initially it wasn't that bad. And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, my. Elbow straight to the head. Falk is down. His eyes are going every way possible. Uh, and we also talked about just, you know what, the lead isn't really on his side. History's not on his side. He's been suspended before. Um, you know what, he's probably going to get some games. And I, I was thinking probably around the 3-4 mark. But then it goes back to Tom Wilson, a $5,000 fine. Yeah. So – yeah, that, that's a tough one for him. I mean, you know, and I think Colorado really feeds off off of his energy when he's playing on that line. But when he crosses it, I mean, it's not fun for McKinnon and um, all those guys sitting on the bench watching on the PK. No, it's not. Um, comments are coming in. Jordan Ewert says zero. Uh, Tacona Polly says four games. He was asking how many for Kadri. Mark Zosel, Nazem Kadri doing Nazem Kadri things. Leopard don't change his spots. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could see a couple of different scenarios. I could see him getting a game or two. Um, and then I could also see a situation coming where he's suspended for the remainder of the round, however long it goes. We've seen that before, where he well, gets suspended for the remainder of the first round. Yeah, It's minimum two, could be three. Could be four, could be five, right? Yeah. We don't know how many games the series is going to go. If it goes seven, 
he's gone for the remainder of the round. One thing you can't deny, though, is this would be a blow for the Avs because Nazem Kadri is one of the best two-way forwards in the NHL. His offensive skill, we, we know it's there, but his defensive ability yep. is among the best in the National Hockey League. He's the one guy that can shut down Connor McDavid, and he's done it in the past. He's the one guy that's been able to be that shadow, that thorn in the side of Connor McDavid, but he's, he's not going to play in Game 3 on Friday. The only thing I always question, though, is that it's always he's kind of notorious for it. You know, he did it with the Leafs. He did it, what was it, two years in a row? And then he, now he's doing it with Colorado. Like, you need, you need that guy in the lineup. But you got to know where the line is. You know the game's a little, it's changed a little bit. You got to watch that line, I think. Our content creator, Nelson Vole, chimed in. This, if this is true, this is phenomenal. Uh, fun fact, with the suspension, Kadri will have more suspensions than Tom Wilson. That's hard to do. Doesn't that, that blow your mind? That's hard wow. to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, John Ohm um, wants Kadri kicked out of the playoffs. I like the NHL commission, but grow a pair, kick Kadri out of the playoffs. Kick him off the tour, Doug. Kick <laughs> him off. How about kick him that? off the tour, Doug. <laughs> you like that? He hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't done anything wrong, yeah. So that'll be interesting. All right. Um, yeah, pretty wild. Moving on, um, I don't even know where we are now, point five, more CFL leftovers. And what's interesting for me in what came down over the last 48 hours, and I've had more conversations with players around the league, um, you know, I've talked to Rod a little bit, I've talked to other people, and we're all in a different situation. And if you haven't been following along in the last couple of days, a few things have happened. One... Um, Bob Young, the caretaker, the owner of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, came out and said that the Tiger Cats are playing. And he guaranteed it with a tweet that the Tiger Cats are going to play. He can't speak for anybody else. So it might just be their offense playing against their defense. And that would be a pretty easy great cup to win. But he guarantees the Tiger Cats will play. And he's confident that the CFL will play. And then it was the CEO of the Ottawa Sports Group, Mark Gody, that said, we're with you. Red Blacks are playing too. We're in. We want to play and get on the field. And then Craig Dickinson had a, had a tweet that said, I am very confident that the Riders will be on the field, that the CFL will play in August. So he's confident as a coach. So you got two owners or ownership groups and one coach that are all in. And I tweeted yesterday that I've never been more optimistic in over a year that the CFL will play than I was yesterday. And that continues into this morning. But I will say, and as I say this all the time, we're going to live in a different world two weeks from now than we live in today. We live in a different world today than we did in six months ago. That's from draft day, isn't it? <laughs> that, that's, we live in a different world than we did 10 seconds ago. But it's, that's, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just can't wait to slam a beer and pills on. But, but we do. We, we live in a different world, and we will live in a different world two weeks from now. Yeah. Right? So our, the mindset may, may change. But today, I'm more excited than ever that the CFL is going to play because you've got three guys that are in. Now, if a fourth ownership group comes out and says, we want to play, and we're going to play, and we've got the money to play, and then a fifth comes. Now you've got a majority that says we want to play. And then you can start looking around and seeing the one, two, three, four teams that haven't. And they're the ones who don't want to play. And then all of a sudden, as the peer pressure builds, not that peer pressure is going to decide if these guys spend the money or not, but it might. All of a sudden, if you only have 
one or two teams that haven't said they want to play, the fans will know where to direct their attention, and all of a sudden those dominoes are going to fall. You're either in or you're out. Yeah. So I think they're going to play. I really, really do. Coming up on the show, Paul Hendrick will be by later on this hour in uh, about 20 minutes' time to start talking about the Leafs and Habs game one tonight. Sean Reynolds in hour two for the Oilers and Jets recap, and Dan Moriarty in uh, hour two as well. That's going to be a lot of fun. Prairie Mobile text line is open. Prairie Mobile, your Sastel authorized dealer at 306-840-8777. We'll get to that and more of your comments on the way. This is the Rod Peterson Show on Rod's Week Off here on Game Plus TV, Facebook and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey everybody, Rod and Moose here. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Moose, we're here. We're holding it. If they don't believe me, <laughs> there it is. Listen. I've been using the Lawnmower 3.0 for what? A couple of months now? Yes. And I love it. What did I say in our last podcast? Chat about this. No cords, no clanky razors. You know what? This is handheld. It's sleek. There are no cords. It's got a 90 minute battery life and a headlight. Yeah. But you now have the 4.0, and I have Ooh. to admit I'm a little jealous. Oh, What do you like about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, that's why we're doing this in the dark, so we can test out the headlight. It seems to be uh, not even that loud. Oh, Sounds loud there, but it's actually not that no, loud. It's, it's right uh, up against the microphone. I'm excited. So uh, we're gonna You get... want to know what's new about it? There was only one size trimmer on the 3.0. Now there are four. Oh. There's a travel lock. You ever traveled somewhere and your razor's been on the whole time and when you get to your destination, your razor's dead? Mm-hmm. This has a lock on it, so that doesn't happen. There's a lot of other things here. As looks-wise, it's sleek, a two-tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. But more important than that, it's got a ceramic blade and skin-safe technology which alleviates those little nicks, those little bumps, Honestly, it will change your life, guys. And we're asking you to order now and join over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All right, welcome back to the Rod Peterson Show on Rod's Week Off. Just a couple of days left. Programming note, no show Monday for the long weekend. No show Monday. Wayne's watching. He's got the laughing face, uh, the emoji, and then says, so you're saying things change. I think he's talking about the CFL. Um, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, I've never doubted the CFL will play some sort of season in 2021 so they're getting excited i'm excited today that they're going to play but that doesn't mean that they're going to play it doesn't mean that i'm going to be 
excited a month from now and not changing my mind. So where do you sit? I know you're a hockey guy first and a golf guy second, or are you a golf guy first, hockey guy second? Oh, 1A, 1B. 1A, 1B. So football would be, you know, hockey, golf, football, and then everything else, maybe. So, but where do you sit on the CFL plane? Just on the information that we delivered over the last 20 minutes. Well, I, first off, I, I hope it goes. I mean, my, my, the one, th- one thing for me is, like, I like going to the games, getting involved, enjoying the atmosphere. It's a, a great experience alone. But, I mean, if we can get, you know, five, like, kind of like you said, five, six teams to play and, and get on board, the, the other three teams or four teams, whatever it is, I don't even know how many teams there are in the CFL. But, I mean, you know what? Nine. They're eventually, they're going to come back and they're going to, okay, we're going to figure it out. We're going to find a way to play. And that's the biggest thing, I think, because you want – like this sport has been around for how many years in the CFL forever. So I think it's a great idea and hoping that we can all figure a way out to, to make it happen. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope it happens. Um, just to recap what we kind of went through off the top, we went through the Jets and the Oilers. A little bit of a recap there. We'll do more of that here throughout the uh, remainder of the program, too, and we'll get you set for tonight's game, Leafs and the Habs. Our uh, Capital Automall Universal Collision Center poll question uh, refers to Nazem Kadri and his hit last night that uh, has resulted in an in-person hearing. He's been offered an in-person hearing this morning. So our question is, how many games do you think Nazan Kadri will be suspended for? And your uh, choices are one game, two games, three plus, or a $5,000 fine. Now, obviously, he's, Where do you stand? he's going to get at least a game because of the match penalty. And like I said, I could see him getting suspended for the remainder of the series just because he's a repeat offender um, and the history that comes along with it. Um, so I would probably be in the majority here and say three plus just because of that. Yeah, that's where I am too. It's a tough play, you know, in real time. It doesn't like, I don't think Nazem Kadri is sitting here trying to hurt somebody, but you pick your spot and you try and find, um, a guy you can make a big hit on. And I think he got the shoulder up in the head and it looks like he could have been avoided. Didn't have yeah. to make that hit. So, uh, away we go. Uh, which bandwagon, William? William May on Facebook says, don't jump on and off the bandwagon, Darren. Come on. I'm not sure which band. Oh, are we talking about the CFL bandwagon? Hey, if there's a reason to be excited, I'm going to be excited. All I can do is analyze the information that we're given, right? Which, for the most part, is not much. And it was also pointed out to me that last year the CFL had three different start dates. So don't get that excited about August 5th, but I'm excited about the season. And then the Alouettes coming out with their statement saying, well, we're not planning on playing home games until September anyway, so this is really exciting that the Canadians are allowing 2,500 people into their building next week. So you got a little window into maybe they just leaked a little info of what they know about the schedule, that they'll be on the road for the month of August. But very, very interesting. It's something we'll continue to follow. But tonight, it's the Leafs and the Habs in Game 1 of their Scotia North Division Best of 7 Playoff Series. And we're going to have Paul Hendrick joining us uh, coming up a little bit later on this hour, actually, hopefully in the next segment. But um, tonight, looking at the lineups, and I think Clark's got a couple of graphics that we can bring up here. Uh, There's the Leafs. So looking what things might look, or or taking a a look at what things might look like, uh, looks like Ilya Mikheyev will draw in on the third line with Riley Nash in the middle. Um, Rasmus Sandin's going to play on that bottom pair. Zach Bogosian's back in the lineup, and Jack Campbell gets the starting goal. That means Adam Brooks will sit, Alex Galchenyuk will sit, Pierre Engvall will sit, and Travis Dermott and Martin Marincin, too. 
So there's your lineup for game one. And do we have a look at what the Habs looks like? Because Carey Price was down um, doing the conditioning stint. He will start in goal, which we know. We were a little bit concerned about Shea Weber on the blue line. He had even played. He's a right-handed shot. He even was playing left-handed because of his wrist. Really? And he took a full clapper. That was vintage Shea Weber in practice yesterday, and I believe it was Eric Angles that had the video of it, and it was basically, nope, he's fine, he's back. <laughs> Shea Weber looks ready to go. So you can take a look. What are the most notable changes? I can't, it's hard to see it from back here. Yeah, yeah Cockney Emmy's not playing. Caulfield at the bottom there. Uh, you can see not in the lineup tonight. They're going to be the extra group. So as you look at those lines of practice, uh, it looks like no Caulfield, no Cockney for the Habs in game one. So, um, Drew, what do you see in this, in this uh, series? Because Craig Button, you know, famously put on TSN and it riled a lot of people up. It drew a lot of hate mail, a lot of angry tweets. He said the Leafs will win the series in four and at the very least five. Where do you see this going? Yeah. Do I was... the Habs have a chance? No, I really don't think so. I was talking to a few people yesterday, too, and I, I strongly believe if Toronto can get some really good goaltending from Jack Campbell, because uh, he, he's been a backup forever, but now he's been starting and he's been doing really well, and I'm, I'm, I, enjoy watch the, I enjoy watching the Leafs, but they got to score quick, score early and often, and play good defensively. Um, yeah, I really don't see the Habs having a, you know, a real good chance. But they do, I think, and I firmly believe this, and I think Carey Price is the best goaltender in the world. Um, they always have a chance with Carey Price, I guess. Our poll question yesterday was, which of the four Scotia, Scotia North goaltenders would you want leading your team in the playoffs? Not which team. Carey which, Price. Which goal, Carey Price, without, without a question. That was Amanda's answer, sitting in that chair. And I took Connor Hellebuck because he's the reigning Vesna goalie, you know, Vesna winner, and has that ability. Carey Price... Olympic gold medalist, World Cup gold medalist, World Junior gold medalist, couple of silvers under 18, U17. list goes on. The list goes on for Carey Price. Can Carey Price beat the Toronto Maple Leafs? <laughs> ah, man, Adam, that's tough. You still have to, you have to score more than one goal usually to win a hockey game. More, more, times more than, than one, one, but with Carey Price, you might only need to score two. Yeah, I guess kind of proven last year, too, against Philly in that play-in series. I guess they played in and, you know, Carey Price just did his thing. You know, he stopped pucks and he, he did what he had to do. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the Leafs have Austin Matthews and Nylander and, and, and all these guys that just know how to score and score early and, and score a lot. And that'll be the question for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Are they ready to take the step and get past the first round? Because you've got all this talent, but are they ready to get past? Sometimes you need to learn how to win, even if you can have all the talent in the world, but you need to learn how to win, right? And that's not an easy thing to do. How do you... How do you get this group past that mentally? Well, it's now or never, I think. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, you know, looking at like just the way, I don't know, they did it all regular season. They dominated night in, night out. Take that experience and all that hard work and throw it into the you know, playoffs here. We'll see tonight. We'll see tonight, and we'll talk more about this on the other side of the break with Paul Hendrick. Uh, we'll get into the Leafs and the Habs. Our rock star of the day for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions yesterday was Dustin Nielsen of TSN Radio in Edmonton teeing up the Oilers and the Jets. We'll see who the rock star is uh, coming up today. Uh, it'll either be Drew, Paul Hendrick, Sean Reynolds, Dan Moriarty, Tanner Brightman will be along later. 
or it could be one of you. We'll find out in the Prairie Mobile text line. It's now fired up, so we'll get to that, too, before uh, we get to the top of the hour. It's the Rod Peterson Show on Rod's Week Off here on Game Plus TV, Facebook, and YouTube Live. And listen live at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. All right, welcome back to the program. Again, Rod's not here, just a programming update. He is away uh, upgrading the certification on the recovery coaching side, so he's doing better work than I am. Uh, But that's okay. We're here till uh, the end of the week, and then Rod will be back for next week's shows beginning on Tuesday. Wayne in the coast. Wayne Grolo is watching on Facebook. Also, dupes, they didn't have a vaccine last year. No, they didn't. And Rod pointed that out in his commentary actually yesterday. There is uh, a great work being done on the vaccine front. And that also makes us optimistic that the CFL has a chance to play. Speaking of playing, the Leafs and the Habs play tonight. And we go out uh, to Toronto to Paul Hendrick, formerly of Leafs TV. And uh, now of the first question with Paul Hendricks. Hey, Paul, how are you? Great, Darren. Thank you. And uh, just just in the car, so it's a, it's a little informal. And uh, just brought my son off the airport, and he's heading out west. And uh, here we are. I'm looking forward to hockey tonight. I mean, I was graduating from uh, U of T uh, the year, the last year these two teams played, and I'm 64 years of age now. So this has been a long time in coming. And I was 10 the last time the Leafs won the Stanley Cup. So I'm excited. And, and needless to say, Leafs Nation is exceptionally excited about the op- opportunity to see these two teams go head to head. It took COVID to make it happen, uh, but we're glad it happened. Well, I won't ask you about the Cup year, but what do you remember about that playoff series the last time these two played? Uh, the Montreal Canadiens. You know, that was the peak of their dynasty. And uh, the Leafs were a very good hockey club, but they were nowhere near what Montreal was able to offer. Uh, so you knew it wasn't going to be competitive. I can tell you about the, you know, the cup final. I remember that like it was yesterday in game three and, you know, the Stemkowski Pulford and um, a pop in line doing all the damage that they did. And Bobby Pulford scoring that big, big goal was just so memorable. Uh, the Leafs were underdogs in that series. Uh, they're not underdogs in this series. Um, it's going to be difficult but if it's going to go, if it goes six, then fine. But I just think Toronto's just too balanced uh, for this thing to go seven. And, and I know Montreal is going to come hard at them. Um, but it's just it, Toronto's built for this. And I just hope their goaltending is going to be up to the challenge at hand. Yeah, that's the one concern, right, is will the goaltending be there? We know it's capable, but that's been the one question mark throughout the year. And I know mm-hmm. the short answer to this is, I don't know what else this Leafs team can do or management can do to the roster to make them in a, put them in a better position to get past the first round. But sometimes you need to learn how to win. So what makes you confident that this is the group that can get out of the first round? Well, you know, and you're exactly right. Mike Babcock always said the same thing. The elite group, the, the core elite group of this team have been together. This will be their fifth time. Uh, in the postseason. Now, you can say last year's run in, in the bubble to get to the playoffs against Columbus wasn't a postseason, 
but it was postseason. Uh, and, and it was a best of five, and every game was jam-packed with uh, challenges and pressure. Uh, they've experienced this now for four consecutive years. It's their fifth year running. I'm talking about Willie, Mitch, and Austin. Uh, John Tavares has been with this group over the course of that time as well. So um, I, I just think mentally they're ready to go. And and they've been mentally prepped by uh, Sheldon Keith uh, in terms of what they've had to do to get here. They've been consistently strong all season long. And, and what I like about this year's team compared to last and the others is just the depth on their three defensive pairings. Uh, there won't be any Travis Dermott tonight. Uh, they've got Rasmus Sandin because, uh, you know, he quarterbacks that top power play unit, and he certainly uh, has, uh, has asked uh, or uh, fulfilled what was been asked of him. And, and, and I just think he's a nice match with Bogosian, as would Dermott be. But they've got this kind of depth. A year ago, we're not even thinking about who they might put into the blue line. Who will they sit out? They've got depth back there, and they've got some size. And, and Zach Bogosian brings cup pedigree from a year ago. You've got Jake Muzz and uh, TJ Brody as well. Uh, these are all guys that are going to help uh, the existing core from, from last year. And uh, I just think they're a confident group. Uh, and, and they're a better group of forwards. I, I know I'm, it sounds like I, I'm spewing the Kool-Aid, but this is a good <laughs> hockey club. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. This is a good hockey club because if they weren't good, I'd say so. Yeah, and I'm 34 and was mm -hmm. probably a little too young to really be following close enough when Gilmore was playing in that series with, with L.A., and that was, that was really good. But for me, the best I've seen the Leafs was late 90s, early 2000s, right? And you had Steve Thomas on your show. I, I saw that. And one of the guys that was part of that core group when they were making a couple of runs to conference finals, and, and you know, Pat Quinn was there. And was that the John Ferguson Jr.-ish era? But a lot of veteran yeah. players yeah, just before jfj yeah, yeah just before and so when you had guys like newendijk and steve thomas and you brought in some of those older veteran players does this give you a little bit of similarity with the way they've constructed this group a little bit yeah darren that's a great question i think it's a, a very astute observation uh, you can throw in gary roberts as well and, and stumpy who was there alongside guys like sergey barras and uh they had balance throughout their lines and, and Shane Corson, especially uh, who was brought in uh, in, a, in a checking role. I remember him and Alexa Yashin. Yashin never even had a chance to breathe. They had balance all throughout their lineup and their defense was very good as well. You had Cabriolet and McCabe, Dmitry Yuskevich, who uh, was so underrated, but was so, so tough. Uh, and I can go on and on. They had balance back there as well. So, that was a good team, and they had great goaltending. Uh, they had Cujo, and then eventually they had Eddie Balfour. Uh, again, I, we're going to see what Jack Campbell can do. He had a tremendous regular season. He's never been in this situation, so if you're to put up a question mark, it might be there. But the supporting cast in front of Jack is so good that I think it's going to complement uh, that confidence that Jack has. I mean, what did he go, 17-2-2, 18-whatever it was? Yeah. Um, he was consistently good, and, 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 and he bounced back after a couple of rough starts out in a trip to Vancouver uh, and Winnipeg. So I think he's going to be good, and if, and if Freddie comes in, you're going to have a motivated guy as well uh, who's healthy finally. And uh, so, um, But the comparison to the early 90s, yeah, or rather early 2000s, I think that's a good one. Pat Quinn was the general manager of the team. John Ferguson Jr. took over as the general manager, and things kind of went. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was 
pre-cap. There were a bunch of things that were happening that didn't bode well for that Maple Leaf team. But to get back to that 93 spring and the Leafs and the Canadians and how close that would have come up, uh, ifs and buts, candies and nuts. But I know talking to every Leaf on that team, they matched up extremely well against that Montreal Canadian team. And um, they think they would have provided a much better show than the LA Kings did provide in that series. And who knows, things might have been different, but it didn't happen. Full credit to the Montreal Canadiens. And, I mean, for Canadians, us as hockey fans, it's the last one that a Canadian team won. It's hard to believe, 1993. Yeah, and we had Dustin Nielsen on here to help tee up the Oiler and Jet game last night. And we talked about mm -hmm. what are the Winnipeg Jets' paths to victory. And really, they all came to one road. It was Connor Hellebuck. If he plays well, they've got a chance. Yeah. Is that the same situation with Montreal? Can Carey Price himself win this series? He can. Yes, he can. Uh, will he? We'll see. He's been out an awfully long time. Um, I, I look at that Oiler team, and, and, and to take nothing away from Connor Hellebuck, I, I think they're a one-line hockey club. Uh, this Toronto team's not a one-line hockey club. They can hurt you in so many ways. So, uh, even if you were to shut down Mitch and Austin, you've still got that second line coming at you. And that third line's not bad as well. Um, they're more of a shutdown line, but I just think Toronto brings a little more offensively. Uh, but full on for Connor, Connor Hellebuck, he, uh, he was so great last night and great on, on, on Winnipeg for what they were able to do with, uh, with Dreisaitl and, and McDavid. Uh, but Carey Price has been there. He's been there. Can he do it? Yes, he can. Uh, but can he do it over the course of a series that might go seven games? I don't know. I'm going to say no, and I'm going to think that there's enough offensive depth on this Leaf team that'll make life miserable uh, for, for the Montreal Canadiens. Hey, it's going to be tough. There's not going to be a lot of space out there. Gallagher's back. He's a, what a player he is. And, and they're going to be revved up to go. I just don't know whether they've got enough gas in their tank depth-wise to compete with what Toronto's going to throw at them over the course of the next two weeks. I'd love to have this conversation in two I weeks know. from now to see just how right I was or how wrong I was, uh, because I know there's a lot of the country who are not big Maple Leaf fans. But again, if they weren't a good hockey club, I wouldn't be as confident as I am right now. Well, we might be able to make that happen and, and check back in in a little mm -hmm. bit. Before we let you go, the Canadians made that announcement, 2,500 fans in the stands. And... We might not get there. We probably won't get there next week. But what's been kind of the response in Toronto, or, or what have you heard about Leafs' plans for potentially allowing fans? I know things aren't really good in Ontario right now. No, well, they're not bad. Uh, you know, okay. our numbers have uh, gone down every day. I mean, we're well under 2,000 per day, and this is a city of, you know, 5 million people. Uh, and, and, and that's not just Toronto. That's the whole province of Ontario. So the province is clamoring to get on the golf courses, to get on the tennis courts. And it looks like after this long weekend, it's all going to happen. I would have to think that maybe we're not going to be too far away from what Quebec is doing right now. Uh, I know we're a little more conservative, um, but it's, it's not bad in terms of mindset for COVID. There are people out, everybody is doing things. And I think maybe a legitimate step to sit 2,500 people in a facility that seats uh, over 19,000. I think they can do that safely, and maybe Toronto will follow suit sooner than later. Um, Montreal, for me, is my favorite building. Their hockey fans are knowledgeable. They're, they're respectful in a fun way. 
because they'll let Maple Leaf fans certainly know about 1967 and how long it's been since that last Stanley Cup win. But I'm just glad that they're going to get fans in that building and 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 maybe rock it just a wee bit as to what it might have been like. That's what I really miss. Like, I mean, Toronto in Montreal or vice versa here and just how raucous the fan support would be for a series like this. Even if it's 2,500 fans, if it gets to six games, um, it's going to be great to see. Uh, will Toronto be far away from that? If we keep bringing our numbers down the way they've been consistently coming down, uh, perhaps we're going to see fans in the building in Ontario uh, if the Leafs are able to go on a long run. Hey, I hope so. I can't take any more of watching all these fans in the building in, uh, in the United States and not get to do that up here. So here's hoping we will. Enjoy the game tonight, Paul, and I appreciate you jumping on. All right. And again, if I'm wrong... You can hold me to task in a couple of weeks, okay? All right, sounds good. Paul Hendrick joining us, you bet, uh, joining us uh, from The First Question with Paul Hendrick, his new show available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Sports update before we break. Connor Hellebuck at 32 saves, and the Winnipeg Jets opened their playoff push with a 4-1 win over the Edmonton Oilers last night. Dominic uh, Toninato, Tucker Poolman, Kyle Connor, and Blake Wheeler all scored for the Jets, and You'll see Pugliarvi responded for the Oilers. Game two tomorrow night in Edmonton. The Boston Bruins have the edge in the, on the Washington Capitals in the first round uh, playoff series. Craig Smith scored 548 in the, over, in the second overtime last night to give the Bruins a 3-2 victory and a 2-1 lead in the series. It was the 11th straight one-goal playoff game between Boston and Washington since 1998. Nathan McKinnon had a hat trick, and the Colorado Avalanche took a 6-3 win over the Blues last night. Jonas Donskoy had two goals for the Avs, and Brand and Saad buried uh, an empty net strike. Colorado's up 2-0 on St. Louis in their first round playoff series. Sebastian Ajo scored twice. The Hurricanes took a 3-0 win over the Nashville Predators. Uh, Warren Figueles has also scored for Carolina. Um, I mean, 32 saves in the uh, second playoff start. Hurricanes lead the, lead the series to zip game three tomorrow in Nashville. Preds also 0 for 7 on the power play. Uh, a five-run first inning power the Boston Red Sox to a 7th through win over the Jays last night. It was a tough outing for Toronto right-hander Ross Stripling. Sorry, Clark. With the first five batters of the night reaching safely, Marcus Simeon hit a two-run homer for the Jays, who lost for just the second time in eight games. And the Lakers kept their season alive with a big bucket from LeBron James. His three-pointer with 58.2 seconds left gave Los Angeles a 103-100 win over the Golden State Warriors in a Western Conference play-in game. James finished with 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists for his fifth triple-double of the season. Your sports update for the Tap Brew House and Liquor Store. Now open for dining or pickup. Liquor Store uh, drive through is also open, and now you can eat inside, along with Ballers Rec Room. Back open again. So uh, visit Ballers and the Tap, your sports update here. All right, viewer takeover. Right to the top of the hour. Back to your comments as well. And for those of you asking, yes, tomorrow is Football Friday. Be watching the RP Show's Instagram account because I'll be filming the frenzy pickup that Rod always does. Nice. I'll be, I'll be videoing that tomorrow. So we'll see if he's ready for something in the morning. All right? So back with viewer takeover in a minute. It's the Rod Peterson Show here on Rod's Week Off on Game Plus TV, Facebook, and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. 
Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. All right, welcome back to the program. Viewer takeover now, right to the top of the hour, and I believe that's as long as we got you, Drew. Sweet. Potentially longer. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Randolph Zora on Facebook. I can see Moose parked outside Lynch's place, waiting to pick him up, honking the horn. Yeah, I might. I don't know if I'll honk at him, though. I, I want to respect him. I don't want to be rude. Um, what else do we got? There was a comment from our intern, Rachel. Oh, she was asking about um, the... The, the lockdown on small on large gatherings in Toronto until September. They'll get a special status. I mean, they'll apply, and if they have a plan, a safe plan, they'll get an exception to the rule. They'll, it'll it'll uh, be approved that way, just like a bubble or just like what they did in Edmonton or what they're doing in, in Montreal. It won't be a, a wide rule that will apply to everybody, but it will uh, apply to uh, the Leafs and, and going to the game. So I don't see that being an issue. I really, really don't. Um, it was brought up in the commercial break and asked if we wanted to talk about Alexander Ovechkin. And to be honest, I had kind of flushed it because I had gone full Oilers and Jets the rest of the way. Are you having a problem with your mic? Are you okay? This is an absolute problem here. Yep. Go ahead, though. Go on. I'm good. I'll just hold it here. We're good. We're good. I don't know what's going on with that chair this week. I get out of the chair and the whole thing falls apart. I mean, you guys got to figure it out over there. I think it's a you problem. Not a me problem. Hashtag be better. Yeah. Anyways, Alexander Ovechkin, double overtime loss, and he was fired up. He smashed his stick over the boards. He was, you could see him yelling um, at his goaltender, the defenseman, for the mistakes. And he's being criticized on social media for it, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, I do understand why. You know, you see a guy... And you want to say he's throwing a temper tantrum and this isn't what leaders do. But guess what? Leaders hold people accountable. And if you want to win in the playoffs, you need to have that, right? A mistake leads to a goal and a misplayed puck in a double overtime game that you're trying to win to go up in a best of seven series. It is really hard to win games in the playoffs. It's hard to win one game, let alone four out of seven let alone 16 that you need to win a Stanley Cup. Very difficult. Yeah. Extremely difficult. And when mistakes happen, you can't just say, ah, it's okay, we'll get them next time. You have to hold people accountable. And when it comes to Alexander Ovechkin's leadership, do I like Crosby better than Ovechkin? I do. I always have. But when it comes to Alexander Ovechkin, he's won a Stanley Cup too. He hasn't won three, but he's won. Yeah. He's proven now that he can get things done, get it done in the playoffs, that he can be a playoff performer. And when I see that intensity, it shows me that he wants it, that he cares. And I think it shows the rest of his teammates that, holy smokes, this guy really wants to win. Like, we need to be better. This guy wants to win. And we also don't know what happened once they went to the locker room. Because what I know from good leadership is they hold you accountable. And when, things, when mistakes are made, and the guys we all know around here with the big guy who sits in this chair, right, guys? He holds you accountable. And it doesn't feel good. But then, when the dust settles, there's a teaching moment. And you make sure that he teaches, you know, Alexander Ovechkin goes into the locker room and then says, we got to be better. And he, and he makes sure that we're on the same side here. He doesn't just yell at you and then ignore you for the rest of the night. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I'm this, I was the same when I played. I mean, you, you hold guys accountable. You, you Maybe you freak out a little bit. But then you talk to the day after and explain, hey, we'll be better next game. You know, watch the tape. Let's, let's figure it out. Jennifer Ellingworth, to our poll question, says, wow, I just saw the hit from Kadri. What a dirty dog. Yet, so <laughs> typical of him. Chris Bird, Ovi is wrong for his reaction. That was a Thursday night beer league move. And Monty says, get over it. Woo! We got a big hour or two on the way with Sean Reynolds and Dan Moriarty. Stick around through the break and uh, see you then. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.